this is something that really shifted with me to stop being so stingy about my resources, stop being so stingy about my, my time, about my money, about, oh, I already gave this person two conversations. It's, it's like, it's too much. Maybe should I have a third or no? It's just, just have the conversation, just help them. crap and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life and we've probably all seen the statistics that many coaches struggle to make enough money to make a living and if that is true um, can't say as I've done any meaningful research but um, yes I come across many many coaches who are struggling um, If that is true, it's likely that part of the problem is that there is such a low bar for entry, of course, to this profession, but there can be a very high bar for success. And really, unless you are able to run your coaching practice around a number of key principles, examples of which I've outlined in a previous episode, episode 69, where um, I think I called that one six essentials for a prosperous coaching life. Unless you are willing to commit and meet these essentials, it's unlikely or at least very difficult to build a sustainable coaching practice. And today's guest, uh, like many, spent his first couple of years also struggling. You know, you've probably heard the story, no doubt, you know, inconsistent months, never knowing where the next client is coming from, feeling lost, perhaps not really sure, self-doubt, all of that kind of stuff. We've all been there, right? And um, today's guest reached out to me and... Uh, I, I really loved how he reached out to me, actually, and, and acknowledging that um, perhaps previously he might have had some self-doubt in doing that, like, who am I to do this? And really, I'm sure we've all been there. We all recognize that story, the story of self-doubt. And yet he took action anyway. And uh, yeah, so we briefly chatted, and I'd love for him to share his story with you of his shift from struggling to, well, relative prosperity, at least. Um, so let's hear from him. A very warm welcome to Tiago Burr. Have I pronounced that surname right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a difficult surname. Tiago, thank you. Yeah, well, very warm welcome anyway. Welcome to the Coaching Life Podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for allowing me to be here and accepting the invitation. <laughs> so you're currently in Brazil. I'm in Bali. And uh, just in the interest of transparency, actually, you reached out to me way, way back in October. And things were a little bit crazy for me. I'd only just arrived here. Um, and yes, we tried to sort out uh, uh, a conversation to, to do this, uh, I think probably last week, but the, things were going a little bit crazy here. But so I'm, yeah. I'm really pleased that finally, I'm, you know, I'll apologize in public, actually, it's taken me five months really for us to actually get to do this. But um, yeah, very grateful for you reaching out to me in the way that you did. So that's really cool. Thank you let's let's start where i always like to start just really as an intro to give a little bit of backstory and context really to your coaching life um what got you and how did you get into the coaching profession yeah it was i think 2000 well actually it was a longer time ago 
So when I was 17, I always knew I wasn't going to go to university. I always knew I wasn't going to get a job. I don't know. It was, there was something in me that was very rebellious by nature. And I have something very strong against like obeying blind orders and, and just principles of society. So I knew that um, university and getting kind of like doctrinated into this is the way of thinking was not for me. And probably also what helped very much was that my, my parents were also uh, entrepreneurs. So I was brought into, into being into that way of life already. And when I was 17, I built my first company. I started my first company. And it was like a social media advertising agency. And it was, it was relatively successful. After two years... I said, I'm going to go travel the world a little bit. And I got on a, like a big pack, backpack and started traveling for five and a half months uh, around the world, just working from the, from the laptop. Um, but when I came back, I said, man, I, I don't want to do this anymore, this business. It's getting really boring for me. Uh, it's bringing me a lot of money, but it's so like always the repetitive actions. So I decided to sell it. And at the time, I was living in Germany. Then I moved back to Brazil. And I decided, okay, I'm going to start a new company here. I'm going to start a new business here. So I tried to start several different businesses, like a, a personal training software, an, an app for deliveries, um, a 3D printing of like baby fetuses. So, so mess. So like the medical um, community can see if there's any um, um, issues with the, uh, with the baby yeah. while it's still in there. Um, and all of those, they had the same pattern where I would work for six months, like 15, 16 hours a day on that because I was really excited by it. And then one day I would wake up and say, oh, this is so boring again. And and it, it got frustrating, right? Because I was, this was a period of two, three years where I didn't, in air quotes, amount to anything, right? And then I did one thing that really shifted my life, which I just took a, a piece of paper and, and wrote down, like from all these experiences that I had, what did I enjoy about it and what didn't I enjoy about it? And then I saw, okay, I like really like working with people. I don't like being behind a computer all day long. I like working on creative solutions. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to start asking myself more questions. And then I Googled, like, questions to ask yourself. And then as I got down the Google uh, wormhole, I found that there's this profession called coaching. Um, and in my city, there was a, um, a renowned coach, and she did, like, this life coaching intensive, which was, like, four days. And it's that, that method of like getting very little sleep to, to break down all your barriers and then rebuild yourself. And I did that and it absolutely shifted my life. Then I saw what, what is possible. And from that moment on, I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to be a coach, but I knew I, I want to go in that direction. I still don't know if I'm, I want to be a coach for the rest of my life. I know I want to be a coach right now. I mean, 
I know that right now it makes sense for me. Um, and that has been, I think, four years ago or five years it's passed since then. No, six years maybe. Yeah. That's so that's cool. It. So what were you up to? Were you, were you working at this point or was this full-on exploration? No, I wasn't working at all. I was still living partly from um, money that my grandfather set aside for university, which I never went to, <laughs> and, and, and part from the sale of the business. Right. So I could live from like a few years I lived off of that. And then yeah. I started the, the coaching side. Okay. So I, I'm curious then at what, at what point you started actually coaching people. How did that, how did that come about? Yeah. Very slowly, <laughs> very, very slowly. I think um, the first real introduction I got into what's possible in coaching that like after that intensive also was reading The Prosperous Coach by, by Rich uh, Litvin, which I saw, oh, this is very interesting. But then as we were talking before the call, like mm. I kind of got inside my ego and I said, I am this high fee coach. <laughs> And I struggled for two years. I signed one client because of my ego was determined like, no, I'm not going below that price. I'm really good at what I do. And now I see it's like, no, I wasn't not at all. I mean, I didn't put any hours in. I didn't create, have people create breakthroughs. Um, so that's when I started to get this transformation around the, the coaching business. And what, during that time, how were you finding people to coach anyway? And um, I mean, were you, were you having many conversations with people and what was the kind of feedback you were getting, if any? Yeah, I was having many conversations and it was all um, the close immediate circles. The like friends, um, people that knew me in social media, um, referrals from friends. I was just basically asking anybody that, that wanted to receive coaching because I took that challenge, that 100 conversations challenge mm -hmm. and I tried to book and have a hundred conversations in, and I think 30 days I didn't manage the hundred, but I, I did 62, which was like a, a high number. And out of that, I got one client mm -hmm. out of the 62 um, conversations, but it was basically, Kind of like at the beginning, asking people to believe in me, asking people, just give me a, give me a shot to try to coach you. Let, let's see if this, if this works out. It might not work out, but like I'm asking you, can you please let me, let me coach you? And that's how, how it started. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there are people listening to this who are, have either been through that. I certainly have or still, still there in that, um, yeah, coaching, having a lot of conversations with people, but there are really people perhaps you have already, already connected to, or perhaps just one hop away. Um, I know I, I was thinking the first person I have a coach was probably, well, formally coached was a member of my immediate family. And, um, when I came across coaching, it was just part of my exploration through personal development. And I came across the concept of coaching in 2005 and realized, oh, 
I'd been working in leadership positions for many years during that time and realized, oh, that's the aspect of the leadership work that I do that I really enjoy. I am coaching people in my teams. Um, but yeah, the, the first few years of, of being a, a struggling coach rather than a prosperous coach, if you like, I, you know, that what you've said sounds very familiar, you know, like really asking people to, to believe in me, give me a chance. Um, come on, come on, really get in, get onto a conversation with me. And, um, I, I had a shift, um, actually in Steve Chandler's, uh, ACS school really of just realizing that there was a step for me to make and to becoming professional. So, um, yeah, we could, we could talk more about what that struggle was really like, but I, I don't really want to make this <laughs> conversation entirely mm. about that. I'd love to know really what, what was it? Was there just suddenly a slap in the face? What occurred to you that had you at least start to see things differently and then do things differently? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the biggest shift was not being afraid to serve people because sometimes it was scary because sometimes I had in this ego mind of mine that I was bothering people. I was being annoying with people. I was pestering them. And then once I shifted, I said, no. And there's something that also Steve Chandler said, which I, I have lots of clients that are coaches as well, because I struggled with that in the beginning. And now I help them like shorten that amount. Don't stay like two years having one client, uh, which he said, you stop reaching out to someone until you have a restraining order to stay at least a hundred feet from them or else you go into prison. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. And that's, that's what I, I the approach I adopt, I adopt right now. If somebody says no to me, it's just, I haven't served them powerfully enough or it's not now it's not the timing or maybe it's no, they'd never want to have coaching with me, but that's not, I'm not going to stop serving them because that's I think at the heart of when I started getting more and more clients um, where I just serve them in any way I can if I send them a book if I attend to one of their workshops to give them to give them some feedback later if I just I think last week or no two weeks ago I just sent a few handwritten letters to clients and people in my life, which I appreciate and just sent like a little note saying, thank you for existing. And I love the work that you, that you do. And that's also service. And, and there are so many ways, like I created an, an audio series for coaches and I love creating like little videos for, for people. And it's all these different ways to help people. Um, help them in their, in their mission. And for, I think I have a long period of incubation before people become clients, which means like I serve people long before they ever think about us becoming clients. I have clients that work with me like eight months before, before saying, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready to pay. Um, this is something that really shifted with me to stop being so stingy about my resources, stop being so stingy about my, my time, about my money, about, oh, I already gave this person two conversations. It's, it's like, it's too much. Maybe 
should I have a third or no? It's just, just have the conversation, just help them. Um, and that maybe people started uh, buying into coaching because they were annoying and said, okay, I'm going to finally pay this person because then uh, or else you won't stop bothering me <laughs> <laughs> or because they, <laughs> or because they really felt helped by that. And, and that's also one thing that, that I helped. And I always say to clients, like, keep serving, keep serving. Just and I, just there's something there that you you um, gave a really wonderful example of. I think there can be a tendency for us to overthink what we mean by just serve people. And uh, I mean, I know I've done, I've over, I've, I've, I've certainly overthought this. But um, again, I just love that the simple act, really, of sending somebody a letter, is of service to them. And I kind of had this strategy, like when I post on social media, it's really for one of two reasons. It can be yes, something that profound might have somebody stop, think, and perhaps see life or see people or see love differently. Or mm -hmm. it just might help them smile. And to me, even that, exactly. helping somebody smile is being of service. I really think we don't need to overthink this. Like, yes, be of service does not necessarily mean even give people like an hour or two hours of your time in a, in a profound, deep, intimate conversation. Whilst I just encourage people to do that as well, but it can be of service in a whole number of, of ways. So I love that you've yeah. just, even just touched on that with one of those little examples and how, how, how have, um, how have they worked for you? Like, is there any, <laughs> what's perhaps the most surprising story for you? The most let me rephrase the question here. Really, what has surprised you most how a client has become a client of yours? Is there a particular example you could give us? Hmm. Yeah. There is this one client which I, I admire him so much. I love his mission. And I met him, it was at an, um, a business conference and there was this little game they played, which was a, a, um, a table of six people. And you had like 30 seconds to pitch, I think, a bit what you did and just explain a little bit about your mission and to create connections between people, right? It was not to sell something. It was just, this is what, what I'm doing. This is what I'm looking and need help with. And there was this guy that said, I want to climb Mount Everest in shorts. <laughs> and, and that just, it amazed me. And it was way before I heard about like Wim Hof and, and, and all of that, those, those ice cold trainings. And after that, I got his number. And a few days later, I called him and said, look, you just inspired me so much in that, in that uh, meeting. And I would like to be your coach. I want to coach you. Are you open to that? And he said, well, yeah, I mean, let, let's, let's see. And then we started coaching. And he could at the time only engage for a little, a very short period of time. And I made like a really, really reduced pricing because I wasn't full of clients and I'm okay with that. And then after that, we worked, I think, for two months and then I said, let's work for another two months, uh, unpaid. 
And then after those four months, then he said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for a year. But I think it was just this thing of, and I like telling that people, I just go to people and say, I want, I would like to be your coach. Are, are you, are you open to that? And, and people react very positively to it. People are very, okay, that's very direct and very honest. I, I, I enjoy that. And this guy, he wants to build this university of spirituality. And, and I just, I love that. I love his mission. So how would you yeah. describe like a mind shift, mindset, sorry, minds, maybe it is mind shift, but mindset shift for you? Like how were you, what, what changed? Like from, from being struggling to starting to get clients signing up, what was it that looked differently to you? It was a lot of doing the things that my mind and ego told me it was not right to do. Um, because that, there still is in me a, a very big fear of being judged by people. And I think it's, it's one of my biggest fears. And I'm working it. I'm healing it. It's, it's, not, it's not fully dissolved yet. But it's this feeling of... What if people tell me to fuck off? <laughs> what, what if people tell me you're not being helpful at all? What if people uh, tell me like, this has been the worst coaching I've ever received. <laughs> and it's like, it's those fears that kept me in, in, in action. Just as we said, like when I reached out, it's like, who am I to, to, to be in, in this podcast? And I know the, and I've listened to lots of episodes and I know your guests and they're all people I look up to and I admire. Um, but doing it anyways, just yeah. yesterday I started, I'm starting a movement with coaches, consultants, trainers, and mentors here in Brazil to help other businesses that are in, in going into this um, financial crisis and, and waiving their fee because not everybody is going to think of hiring a coach right now or not everybody's going to have the financial means to do that. And I was really scared before the call. I was really like, it, it was just yesterday. And just before the call, I was, oh my God, what, what if people don't like this? What if, if people think, associate this call, which is going to go horrible with, with my image. And then even I came home yesterday and I thought, ah, it didn't go exactly the way I wanted my speech right now, how my mind was accelerated. And I try to slow down the mind and say, no, I, I serve people. That, that's, was it perfect? No. Was it imperfect? Yeah. And I try always to do the imperfect things and, and be willing, um, be willing to, to screw up and, and, and do the things that my mind tells me I shouldn't do. So that's, be, a, that's a good indicator. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm curious. I like to simplify things if I can. So, would it be correct to say that you were taking less notice of thinking you had about yourself? Yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to not give give it much time for the mind to go and criticize. I just say, okay, I'm going to do this quick or else my mind is going to swoop in and, <laughs> and yeah. tell me to do otherwise. Yeah. And of course, it's completely fine as well for people to tell you tell you to fuck off basically it really doesn't matter like it's still okay yeah. right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely so, i've had clients tell me to fuck off yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you know this this 
I think the, the biggest shift, I know I've said it time and time and time again, and I'm going to say it again. The biggest shift for me was, was that giving less credence to any thinking I had about me as the coach and really just focusing on what excites me about the client. And, and really that's what I also heard from you in that like you're inspired by somebody and you're reaching out to them very directly as like, I'm so inspired by you that I want to be your coach. And yet that's still, that's still about them. Yes. Yes. I do that all the time. I, I just, I sometimes send letters to people all across the world that have never heard of me and just say, I am so inspired by your mission. I absolutely love what you're doing. And I would like to be a part of that. If you're open, um, I would like to, to coach you on, on, on that. Um, Cause that's what, what moves me. I think what really moves me is people that want to do good in the world. Uh, that people that want you, they, do their impact in their own way to create more love in the world, to create more peace and less suffering and less anxiety. And that's the thing that by far moves the needle the most for me, mm. which I really get emotional about uh, when I talk with clients. Just last week, yeah, last week I was talking with um, a client and we were re-engaging, um, we were renewing the program and I just started crying because I said, man, your mission to, to reduce this suffering and this anxiety in the world because he does, he does this fear and stress coaching. It's a gift. People, people need it. And, and I'm really happy to help those people. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. What's business been like for you since shifting, since having that mind shift? I mean, what have you learned about the business aspect of coaching? Mm-hmm. Been much more fun since uh, since it started working and it started serving. I'm not gonna lie; it's been much more fun. It's it's fun to enroll new clients and sell. It's something that gives also energy and 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 brings energy to the to the whole dynamic. And I think one of the biggest things that has shifted is that. I see myself now as an entrepreneur first and a coach second, which means like I have a business. I, I, I want to understand how a business runs. How does accounting work? How does marketing work? How does sales work? How does delegation work? How does hiring work? How does all of these elements um, and how I deliver those services, how I, I earn the right to bring revenue to my business is through coaching. That's one of the things also. I am not, I am not a coach. I'm not attached to being a coach. I do what, what excites me and what I think helps people. So if it, maybe in two years or five years, I'm not going to be a coach anymore. I don't know. Um, but it's been exciting to see this business aspect um, because I think it brought a little bit more maturity inside of my business, which I only ever wanted to do what I felt like doing. Oh, I want to do this and I'm going to do it. And if I don't want to do it, there's something wrong with it. Um, And that brought a lot of inconsistency in in my business, like lots of very high months and lots of very low months, which is um, something that I, I 
always keep learning and relearning and, and, and finding different ways because there is a part in me that is intuitive, that is creative, that doesn't like boredom, that doesn't like processes and systems and, and something very mundane. Um, but there's also beauty in that. I think there's also beauty in just keeping the, the routine. Um, so that's been my, my balancing act to be the, on this creative side, on this business side, but also on the operational side, just execute, just reach out to people. If, if I'm going to say I'm going to reach out to 10 people this week, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and it's brought a lot less stress and anxiety over my business because in the past, I would get very anxious when, when money wasn't coming in. Now, I just know what actions I have to take. There's no, there's no stress. There's, a, there's more of a reality check. If, there's, if, the, if the money starts to dip or something, I say, okay, I, I just need to reach out to more people, invite more people into a conversation, do some partnerships. To, it's, not, it's not rocket science. It's very simple, actually. Yeah, I was wondering, if it, is, it, is it really that simple? Because I kind of wondered, before you said that, I was wondering, yeah, I wonder what for you is uh, like the number one thing you've learned about sales and closing sales, actually, um, closing a sale with a client, having a client sign up. Um, mm -hmm. You know, what's different between, what are you doing different in regards to like that sales process between when you were struggling and just signed up that one client out of those 60-year conversations and to the times when you've, created a bit of a bit more consistency in your business mm -hmm. one thing that i have learned from my previous coach jesse johnson that always stuck with me is that time spent in sales equals money which means if i am spending time talking with people inviting them to a coaching conversation and if it's a fit helping them see if it, because all a sale is, is helping them create clarity if they want that or not. Helping them to like create more clarity if that's something that's useful for them. It's not pressuring, it's not manipulating, it's not having a very systematized way of getting them into a yes, that's not it. It's just, look, these, this is what could be possible Maybe you're having these fears. Can I help you through it? Do you see this is helpful? Do you want to do this? How can, if, if you're not able to pay in this structure, is there another way that we can structure this deal that might, that might help you engage in it? Um, which I do, I'm very flexible with, with people. It's not like, this is my fee. If you can't pay it, then you're good. If you're not, if you can't pay, then not. It's like, how can we make this easy for you? Um, and if I don't spend time if I, in my calendar, I don't see that I'm having conversations with people. The business is not going to run. Hmm. If I see I'm, I'm having conversation with it, it automatically it, it, it grows. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So I'm curious then what for you then, Tilgo, has, has, has been the most challenging aspect through all of that? Hmm being like real, real honest, it is still that fear of being judged. That's one of the things. So when my, 
mother was pregnant of me. She, for the first four months that I was in her womb, she didn't know if she wanted to have an abortion or not. She just had two kids. They were like a couple of years older than me. They were opening their company here and it was just too much. So for the first months of my life, I didn't know if I was going to survive or not, if I was going to, if I was going to die or not. And then my mom took a decision of love and said, no, you're going to stay in. We're going to love you. And I think that imprinted on me because what it, what it taught me is that being loved means life and not receiving love means death. And that's something that is ingrained in me at a very deep level where I many times I am afraid to do the things where I might not receive love, where maybe I'm doing the things with intention of love, but it's not going to be perceived that way. And that's something that still stops me in my tracks. That's still something that, that stops me from moving. I'm much quicker right now at seeing through it and I'm doing my work of healing it. Um, but there are still, I think, many areas where I'm, I'm, I'm still not doing what I could do because of this fear of, of, of the judgment. I think that's the thing that stops me the most and is was the most challenging um still is the most challenging and one of the other things is that part of consistency which consistency i'm finding a way to have consistency in chaos right now because i like the chaos because i like to create in chaos i, I like to have the ideas and and just put them out into the world um, but also brings some structure around it, which is something um, that was very challenging for me. That's why I had those roller coaster uh, income levels of going really high and then, and then sitting at the top of the world and like, oh, I don't have to do anything anymore. It's just going to stay the way it is. And then, <laughs> then it dipped. Yeah, I think those are the, the biggest challenges. Mm. You know, and I think one thing that often gets ignored in conversations around coaching is the actual coaching itself. Um, being with somebody, and there's lots of ways of describing really what goes on within a conversation. Mm -hmm. What have you learned, really? And I, mean, I guess we could talk about the context of somebody who needs to of either been impacted or got value for them to feel they want to invest or at least have some hunch that they're going to get that. They're going to get something of, of use and of value. So I wonder what have you learned about the coaching itself? Mm -hmm. I think it's just about slowing down and helping people where they're at. There's not much magic behind it it's just being able to listen and help them come to their conclusions sometimes like when i do the coaching i like to give other perspectives other ideas things that they might have not seen yet which i know through my studies and in truth things that i do with other clients just other inputs so 
but putting less of my mind in the way and just becoming quiet and helping them become quiet and helping them slow their mind because in my mind, everybody has the answer to their challenges. The answer is inside them. It's, just, it's my job to clear all the clutter that is in the way that is not, that is hindering them in access, accessing it. Um, and once they get to that, they feel incredibly powerful. They feel incredibly inspired and, and with lots of energy and with incredible simplicity. Like my love, my, my, my life is all about creating love, simplicity, and ease. Um, and once the mind starts getting out of the way, there's just this simplicity and people are just like, oh, yeah, this is the next step. And you're like, yep, you do it. <laughs> it's, it's very simple. Yeah. Um, so, Tiana, what, I mean, you've worked with a few coaches. What, what kind of client are you? How do you describe yourself as a client? What kind of what kind of client am I? That's a good question. Very interesting. Um, very open to trying different things. I think I'm a client that is very open to that. If you tell me this is the way to do something, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me this is the way it should be done, or this is the way to do it. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. Not sometimes also just like out of stubbornness. Um, and I think very flexible as well. I'm, I'm open to trying tons of different things. And I think that's helped me a lot with the work that I had with my coaches, which was um, I had tremendously good coaches that helped me a lot in my in my life and in my business which i i respect them a lot for um dave schwendeman was one of them and jesse johnson really helped me as well and yeah i would describe myself in that rebellious don't try to tell me what you do but i'm open to trying new things if you help me come to new conclusions on my own yeah. Say like that. Yeah. You, That's you, cool. If you yeah. word it a little bit differently and say, "Have yeah. you thought about that?" <laughs> like, oh, okay, I, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> how do you describe yeah. um, how your business looks now, and what's what's exciting you? What's exciting you at the minute? Yeah. What's exciting me right now very much is creating joint ventures, uh, strategic partnerships with people where. I can help them, I can help their clients and myself in the way um, where everybody wins, where it's, uh, it's an offer that has zero risk to them, which really values the integrity of the relationship they have with their clients to help me tap into those, into those markets. Um, for as an example that people can, can use as coaches and probably some business coaches here, I'm creating a partnership with uh, accountants and accounting firms because they have the clients that I have that that they have the clients that I want. And if I give them an offer and say, look, um, 
let's give them a conversation where I'm going to give them two conversations and we're going to build their vision a little bit and a few steps to, to start going into that direction. And after that, I invite them into a three-month uh, coaching program. If they say yes, all of the fee of the three-month coaching program goes to the accountant. Why? Because I know that a very high percentage of people that work for, with me for three months, they work with me for a year. And if their clients, if their business grow, they have to hire more services of the accountant, right? Payroll services raise and, and they might hire a CFO and, and different things. So by helping their clients, I'm helping them, creating something that is of zero effort to them where I just say, look, I'll, I'll write the letters to them. I'll talk to them. You don't have to do anything. You just collect the money. I'm going to, let's do a test of like three people. So you see if this is, cause you don't know me, right? You, you don't know if I'm, if I'm good and you're right to be skeptical about this. Uh, if the tables were turned, I would be skeptical. So all I'm asking is the same, right in the same vein that it was right at the beginning of the coaching is just, I'm asking just to, for permission to let me show you if this is something that is worthwhile for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that's um, really exciting me because everybody wins in that. And it's fun creating, working these strategies. And I have other partnerships in other venues um, that just make sense, right? So that, that's one part of my business. And the other part is just, very that that's the chaotic part and the the consistency part is just reaching out to people inviting them into conversations helping them serving them seeing if they want to to have some more coaching um and i'm working with those business owners and entrepreneurs and also coaches just people that that genuinely um inspire me and so yeah, so right now, I didn't see it before, but right now as I was talking, I have chaos and in, in consistency. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, chaos and consistency. I love that. And I really, you know, what I um, love that you brought into this conversation is again, demonstrating your willingness to, to experiment, try things out, perhaps do things a little bit unconventional. I mean, to me, that sounds quite radical is to offer like, you know, three months coaching up front and the fee goes to an intermediate body, if you like, um, you know, out of the faith that you you have in 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 coaching anyway and and knowing that being willing to invest really that's like an investment you're investing in the client um and and what's possible for them and and them then you know returning on that yeah your return on that investment that's like pretty radical and i just i always encourage people just to try try things out right really experiment so uh really love that i love that love that about you so i just want to finish really on this final point um because there are numerous reasons that we get into this into this game into this beautiful profession so i wonder you know for you what is the purpose of your work what's the purpose of your coaching creating love in the world and very simple that's it um Maybe it comes through that core wound that, that I mentioned before that I want love to get life, mm. to, to experience life. Um, and this is a phrase I tell all the time. I tell it to my girlfriend. I tell it to people. I say, I just love life. Uh, and I think it's just bringing this 
sense of people where they can reduce their suffering. They can reduce their suffering and they can increase their love and their happiness. And, and one of the ways that I have found to really increase love is, is serving people, which brings me joy. I mean, there is that, there is that little part that whenever a client gets a, a big transformation or breakthrough, then I'm like, yay. You're like, it feels so good. Right. <laughs> um, it does. It does. And I think it's just creating this love in the world because, because why not? There, we, we can have more love and we don't have to be so competitive. And, and, and especially in times like this, in, in the crisis right now, which everybody could use an injection of, of love in, in their veins. Um, that's, what, uh, that's what really moves me. Thank you, Tiago. And again, thank you for reaching out in the way you did. I love that you did that. I think um, there's certainly a possibility that you will help uh, some other coaches who perhaps have been struggling and therefore suffering in, in that struggle. Um, I'm sure you've inspired some people who are going to listen to this conversation to, yeah, just go out and play and have fun and experiment and, and indeed, yes, love what they do and love their clients and love life a little bit more. So thank you for coming on the Coach and Life podcast. Awesome, Phil. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for having me in the podcast. What a great conversation with Tiago. I love his willingness to explore, to experiment, to be flexible in making it easy for people to work with him if it feels right to do so. And gosh, his faith in this profession to the extent he's willing to invest in the way he does in his clients. And of course, his ability to create a practice among chaos and with consistency creating more love in the world because why not i love that what a beautiful outlook that is you know there's so much in this conversation and as always i'd love to hear what you're taking away from it what's your one thing you're taking away and how will you use that i'd love to hear from you and maybe explore with you how you can create your coaching life if you're enjoying this podcast please share it with anyone you think may also benefit from it and may also enjoy it in your community and among your friends and if you feel to please leave a review on apple podcasts to help as many coaches as possible discover these wonderful conversations okay that's all from me until next time thank you once again for listening i wish you much love and joy